Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So today we are in September. I am going to talk about the autumn apple pecan. This is a fall bread, and it's made with crunchy pecans and some flavorful apple bits. It's the perfect autumn treat, and I love fall. I like the colors, I like the weather, and mostly the flavors of the season. If you want to smell the apples and cinnamon and pecan and get in the spirit of the season, this is the perfect bread. It's easy, it's tasty, it's sweet like most quick breads, but it's not overly sweet, so it's a perfect snack as well. And this will make two loaves, so you can eat one today and freeze another one. Um, sometimes also too is you can slice it and then just pull out of the freezer a slice and then put it in the toaster or whatever too. That's another method of storing the other one. But I always figure with these recipes, you know, if you're going to make one quick bread, you might as well make two. You can give it away. It's a perfect gift or just freeze it. Now I give my baker some latitude in deciding what to bake. When I say some latitude, I mean some. <laughs> they can't just bake whatever they want. Um, we have a bread schedule. But one of my uh, instructions is we have a, a table. It's a kind of our merchandising table. And so it just has to be full. So they'll make a quick bread if needed. And then some days there's like a set schedule that they'd have to make this quick bread. Um, but other days it's kind of as needed. So my baker went ahead and made autumn apple pecan because it's one of his favorite breads. Only problem was it was like in February <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So we have, a, I think the batch size he made was about, you know, 12 to 15 loaves, something like that. And I'm thinking, well, okay, whatever. I mean, people might come in and think, hmm, why is, why is the autumn bread here in the middle of winter? But anyway, it did sell. So people do like it regardless of it being in the fall season. But I did learn that I need to give my bakers a little bit more direction. So I, I had to tell them, I said, okay, so in the fall, you can do Adam Apple Pecan anytime. But this time of the year, you know, try to stick to us. I gave them like two or three ones to do, you know, especially February, it would be like a red velvet. You know, we do chocolate zucchini all year round. And, but there's some ones that, you know, strawberry or whatever, he can do that. Kind of direct them a little bit more over there. You want to do is start by turn your oven up to 350 degrees and then it's just the, your standard nine by five inch like loaf pans. It doesn't matter if you have a 10 by four or an eight by three or whatever. Um, you just want to remember in your quick breads to fill it about you know, two thirds to three fourths full. And so you don't want to overfill. Don't go over three fourths because it does grow somewhat in the bake. So it's not it's a quick bread. So there's not like a rising time before it bakes but nevertheless there still is you know its own oven spring and you could also make these into muffins too so once again same kind of rules three-fourths full and with all quick breads or muffins you want to mix the dries and wets separately now it really doesn't matter how long you mix the dries or wets when they're separate so you could mix the dries for two hours <laughs> Or two minutes. I mean, really, you only need to make it mix it for two minutes. It's just more about incorporating all the dries and make sure that your leavening agents, which is your baking soda and powder, are not clumpy. Those are nasty when they get if you bite into them and they're clump. 
and then your wets, once again, it doesn't matter how long they're mixed separately. But it does matter big time when you combine the two. So when you combine the wet and dries, basically what's happening is your leavening agent is reacting, first of all. And that's one thing that you kind of want to avoid. That's why these breads, they really shouldn't sit on the shelf. So when you mix the wet and dries, you pretty much pop it into the oven right away. So that's why I start this recipe with turn your oven on. So when you finish mixing, get it in the pans and then get it in the oven. It's not like you have to have a race, right? It's not like it's, you know, it's the end of the world. But it does reduce the strength of your leavening agent if it's sitting there in that wet mixture for a long time before the baking process. And the other thing is, is you want to avoid over mixing. And so what's going on is you start mixing. It's just like your kneading process with yeasted breads. But the only difference is with your yeasted breads, you need to develop the gluten process, right? That, or excuse me, you need to develop the gluten. I mean, that's what is holding your bread together in your yeasted breads. So remember when it's proofing and also to even in the bacon in the oven, it's exhibiting carbon dioxide. And so those bubbles that you'll see, those tiny bubbles in your yeasted loaves, that's what it is. And your gluten was able to, to trap them. That's why if you ever get a gluten-free loaf, you, you won't see that. It definitely has a different texture. But anyway, so in the quick breads, you want to avoid the gluten structure because that also makes it tougher. And, and so I want my quick breads more... Oh, more cake-like, right? So I wanted to be kind of a little bit more of a fluffier. So that's why you mix the wets thoroughly, mix the dries thoroughly, and then you just mix until combined and then call it good. And this is the same reason why you want to use pastry flour in your quick breads. And you can also use cake flour if you want to or whatever, but it's an all-purpose or pastry flour works great for this. What you want to avoid is your bread flours because they already have more gluten in it. So it's a higher protein flour. Gluten, the gluten and protein are, are, are one and the same, basically. I shouldn't say they're one and the same. A higher protein flour, it's easier to develop the gluten because the gluten is essentially a protein strand. So there would be the actual crack way to, to phrase it. Okay, so your autumn apple pecan. So like I said, you want to do um, either two separate containers or if you have a big enough bowl, you can do what I call the well method. And that's where you would put in your dries first and your dries would be your pastry flour. And that's four cups sugar, well, it's granulated white sugar, two and three quarters cups, salt, one teaspoon, baking soda, one and a quarter teaspoon. So one full one and then a quarter teaspoon. And then your baking powder is two teaspoons and another quarter teaspoon. Uh, cinnamon, one tablespoon. And then your nutmeg is one and a half of your tablespoon. And so you just mix those all together. Like I said, break up your leavening agents, your soda and your powder. Um, and then make a big hole in the middle. And that's going to be your well. And your well is where you're going to put in your wet ingredients. Now, like I said, you're per perfectly fine to do two separate bowls. But in commercial, we're looking to avoiding steps. And so you're avoiding having to go get another container. You're avoiding having to go clean two containers. So what you would do then is just separate it, make a, a so you can see the bottom of the pan in the middle. You separate that, you're well, and now you're going to put in your wets. And your wets are going to be 
three quarters of a cup of milk plus a tablespoon and a quarter. Or you can just do a tablespoon and a teaspoon. That would be fine. Just what it is, it's just a, it's, if you just kind of measure your three quarters of a cup of milk and then just do one tablespoon and then just look at it and have a little bit more. That's your milk. It doesn't matter the temperature of the milk. Um, I prefer whole milk just because the fat tastes good for people. But if you've got skim milk, that's fine too. Or if you want to do a nut milk, you're welcome to substitute that too. Okay, and then we use canola oil. You can substitute vegetable oil. That's fine too. I don't like olive oil. It's got a flavor to it. And your canola oil, it's a half a cup plus two tablespoons. And then eggs would be three medium-sized eggs. People ask me sometimes, well, what's a medium-sized egg? I mean, heck, you know what? It's just, just use your three eggs. So they could be on the bigger size. It's fine. It's not going to be that big of a difference. Okay, and then your pecans. Um, we use chopped pecans at the bakery. It also allows for flavor to be more dispersed. So you got bits and pieces of pecans. Now, if you've got the whole pecans, you can chop them up. Or let's say you really have it in your mind that you want to use the whole pecans, then you can. So for when we're doing pies, I kind of like the pecan pie with the whole pecan because I think it looks better. But in this, I recommend the pecan pieces because, like I said, it kind of disperses the flavor better. Then you're going to put in your apples. And that's going to be peeled apples and about two cups that's chopped. So you want to chop these again, you know, fairly fine. It's just like, and I wouldn't, no bigger than a half an inch. So think about like a half the size of a crouton. And the reason why I want my apples chopped a bit, because if you put in like a, you know, like a slice of apple, like pretty good chunk, what happens is it, well, first of all, it can, it'll sink to the bottom sometimes if it's super heavy in the batter. And so you end up with these big chunks of apples on the bottom. Or second of all, it's like you take it out of the pan and the piece of apple falls out and it's a big chunk. So that's why I kind of like a little bit smaller chunks of my apples. It's really probably going to be about four apples. You're going to get your two cups. And that's, again, like a medium-sized apple. And I recommend tart apples. I happen to like the tart apples. Um, and so some of the best-known varieties would be like your Granny Smith, you know, the green ones. There's Northern Spy. And there's also Braeburn. And I happen to live on top of a hill. Um, so often I'll go down a canyon called Sea Canyon that is known for all its apple orchards. So then I'll climb past them. And right now it's September. And I kid you not, I had one of those apples today. <laughs> so I'm climbing my bike up and there's these trees and they're hanging over the fence. So that's how I justify it. It's not really stealing, right? Because the apple is hanging over. So I just grab one and then I um, I do it kind of quick, quite, quite honestly. But I eat it as I'm riding up the hill home. But anyway, so that is the type of apples I tend to prefer in my baked goods. All honesty, what we use in the bakery is we use canned apples. I mean, that's the reality of commercial baking. And it's really one of those things that you don't have the time to core your apples and to chop them all up. And so we buy it just, you know, it's real apples that are in a can and they come already in so already, you know, the whole nine yards are already chopped and whatever. So we just drain them. So if you are going to use the canned apples, you certainly can. But make sure you drain them completely because they often come with a lot of juice in it. And just two cups at the end. And let's say you want to use dried apples. 
Yeah, yeah, you can use dried apples. And, but the general rule in recipes is if the recipe calls for like two cups of, like this one, two cups of peeled chopped apples, and you want to use a dried apples, but then you want to put it like in a two cup container or a bigger container and then add a little bit of moisture. You're not trying to get it wet, wet. You're just trying to get it revived so it kind of grows a bit. And that way you won't end up with a dry, dried apple in your quick bread. It'll be a little bit more moisture. And so you usually use about half a mount because it'll start to expand. And if it doesn't expand that much, then add a little more dried apples. But you, you do want to freshen them up by moist, getting them moist. But at the same time, is it's just like the canned apples. You want to drain them. So if you put a lot of water in them, get them all plumped, and then drain that excess liquid. If you have a quick bread and it's too wet, what it happens is it, it'll sink in in the middle. So that's one of the um, troubleshooting things with quick breads. If I see the loaves sunk in in the middle, uh, chances are that they did not uh, measure properly and it was too wet. So for nuts, this is autumn apple pecan. So we use pecans. But like I said, you can substitute the, to your preferences. I happen to like pecans. I think they're kind of, oh, I don't know, a little more richer. But if you have hazelnuts and, or walnuts or whatever, if you want to mix and match, um, feel free. I would also recommend just chopping them up a bit. Okay, so now you've got your what's in the middle with your apples and your pecans. And so then you mix that. So that gets mixed pretty thoroughly. And then you start kind of folding in the dries that are on the rim. Or if you've got a separate bowl, then now it's time to mix those. And like I said, you want to mix it until it's incorporated and then stop mixing. Um, but at the same time is I do want it incorporated because I found that I would stress, you know, with your quick breads, you know, I, on the recipe, you would say in all cap, like, don't over mix. Well, here's the problem is then they weren't mixing it enough. So I would say now on my recipes, just say mix a couple minutes and we're good. And then, like I said, get it into your previously sprayed pans. And I like to put a little decorations on top. So it's certainly not necessary, but I would sprinkle a little bit of pecans on the top of the batter before baking. And they should stick on there if they're small pecans. If they're big pecans, sometimes they sink to the bottom. And you're going to bake this um, for about an hour, but all ovens are different. So if your oven says 350, it could actually be 375 in there, or it could be one part of the oven's 380 and the other part's 340. So that's kind of how ovens work. That's why when recipes say to bake for 60 minutes to 70 minutes, um, I would bake for 50 minutes because the reality is, is you can always bake longer, but you can't bake less. And how to tell if these are done? I just like to look at the top in the middle. That's where it's going to be underbaked. And if it's if you touch it and it springs back to, to you, then you are good to go. Um, you can also do that toothpick test where you stick it in the middle of the loaf, um, see if it comes out dry. And that means that your batter dried up and it's baked and you're good to go. Um, so we don't put anything else after it comes out of the oven on top of this, but you're welcome to you know dust it with some powdered sugar or, or whatever type of frosting you want to put in it. And then another variation, which is kind of fun, and it's along the same theme of fall, is you could do an autumn apple cranberry pecan bread. Now that's quite the mouthful, so that's why we <laughs> we kind of that's why we, one of the reasons we went to autumn apple pecan. 
But what you would do is just sub out a cup of your apples and then throw in a cup of cranberries. And with quick breads, it doesn't matter. It can be fresh cranberries or it can be frozen. But you do want to drain it if it's frozen, right? I don't want to excess liquid, right? I don't want any, you know, big wells indents in my quick breads. So that's why you would drain any extra juice. But it's not temperature sensitive. So with, when you're using yeast in a recipe, you have to be very conscious about temperature of, of ingredients. If we were making a cranberry apple yeasted bread, we would not use frozen. Uh, well, we would thaw it out and get it to room temperature and then add it. But like I said, in this recipe, it doesn't really matter. And you can use dried cranberries too, but once again, I would like to have those moistened up a little bit and, and then you'd use about half the amount on average. And I will say that people really love this bread and they welcome it. And then so it sells really well and then it starts dying down in about December. And so I'm not sure if that's because it went from fall to winter or it probably also is, is that we start bringing in all the holiday ones. So we do like our cranberry orange walnut and then we bring in um, red velvet and gingerbread and, and a lot more pumpkin bread. So that could be, but I can tell you that in September, October and November, we, we sell quite a bit of the autumn apple pecan. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always in my show notes, I will include the recipe and I also have the nutritional breakdown of this one as well. And until next time, everybody, happy baking. Mm -hmm.